Dungeoneers! Welcome to Apply Dungeoneering, the D&D 5e actual play podcast that has been on the air for a full six months now. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, the one who runs the game, and I'm going to do things a little bit differently for today's intro. As a way of being extra nerdy and recognizing our six-month-long achievement, I want to ask each of my friends and co-hosts joining me here today to tell me what Dungeons and Dragons monster you think you are and why. So, Daniel, let's start with you. Uh, what what monster do you think you would be? I'm a flump. Oh, oh really? Why, why is that? Yeah, I'm a flump. Uh, and for those of you who don't know at home, I'm kind of like a jellyfish, but instead of like normal tentacles, they're kind of like a little hairy at the end and they got big, weird tentacle eyes. Um, I don't know. I, I just, it's like... I'm the kind of person that I look at people in a way that they're like, okay, but like they also want to hug me, just like a flump. Okay, if you say so. All right, Janelle, what monster uh, do you think you would be? Um, an Aarakocra. Oh yeah, one of the one of the eagle people. Yep. Why? Because I took a personality quiz when you asked us this question, and that's what it gave me. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I've decided. <laughs> Fair enough. What kind of questions did it ask? Like, do you like to eat grubs in the morning? Is that is that the kind of stuff it asked you, or what? No, it was like really just random personality things. Like, what's your favorite type of music? Which one of these scares you most? Which I think is really funny that it did Aarakocra when I'm scared of heights, because that makes huh. a lot of sense. It's probably because you eat worms. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> small details. Weirdly enough, the last question was, are you an Aarakocra? And she <laughs> said yes. So. <laughs> Seeker's out. Well, I'm looking over at Nate now. Uh, so, Nate, do you have any idea of what D&D monster you would be? I would just be a cockatrice. Really? Because I'm most likely <laughs> to be the one to kill the party. <laughs> you know what? Hold on here. I think we all know who that actually is. So yeah. you're talking about Josh's homebrew cockatrice, not the one from the monster manual then, right? I just want to steal AJ's thunder. Wow. <laughs> I love you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm looking over at Joel now. Mm. Joel, what, uh, what would you be? I would most definitely be a roper. Really? The... Yeah. Want to describe what those look like really quick? Yeah, they're they're disgusting tentacle creatures that look like stalagmites and stuff. And I would be like that because I spend long periods of time in the dark, uh, motionless. You mean sleeping? No. Oh. <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> Waiting for prey. This is amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, you know what? That's probably the best, uh, best answer I've gotten so far. Appreciate that, Joel. It's because it's the most true. Huh. I guess, I guess it is. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. And uh, what about you, AJ? Me? You want to know what I would be? Well, I, I have a hard time choosing. It's between one of two things. It's either a giant frog or a dark mantle. And a dark mantle is basically a squid, but it's like dark and it's got like pointy and it doesn't live in the water yes that one just just like aj aj doesn't live in the water i I see the resemblance you get it you get it what does a giant frog look like uh well if you could imagine like a like a frog Uh uh-huh but it has like really big bug eyes instead of just regular frog eyes 
Oh, okay, okay. And then it just is constantly waiting to eat any and everything that either moves or doesn't move, really. Well, you know what, AJ? You know, good good job giving me two answers to the question. I just want to go the extra mile. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll give you an inspiration to begin this session <gasps> with. Yay! Oh my god! First one. First inspiration of the show. Oh, did we explain how those work? I wasn't being serious, so there's really no reason to. Oh, come on. Please. Okay, fine. An inspiration will let AJ re-roll the 20-sided die once yes. during this session, and then he loses it at the end of the session if he doesn't use it. Oh, I'm going to use it. Okay, well, or you'll forget about it like you normally do. Yeah, I'll probably forget about it. Well, anyway, how are you guys all doing this week? Good. Yeah. I'm doing better than <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that is that because you're enjoying your nice dark room? No, it's just because I'm better than you. Is that because I said I'm a flumph? No. <laughs> I'm I bet I'm I'm bet I'm bet I'm flumphier than you. I don't think so. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're anything more than me. Guys, guys, stop. Your arguments are pulling this group apart. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm doing great. I have a, I have a great day so far. I had some lemonade. Oh yeah? And water. Just like a frog. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't even yeah, see it. Little known fact, lemonade was invented by frogs. Most people <laughs> don't know that, weirdly enough. Yeah, it's just squeezed frog. Ew. <laughs> no. It's, it's the Wait, juice you drink that comes your own up. juices, AJ? <laughs> no. Oh god. Th- this no. is going back to the dog water episode. <laughs> oh, god. oh my god. Uh, how are you, Josh? Well, thank you for asking, AJ. I'm doing very good. I actually uh, bought some new dice today. Nice. To celebrate our uh, our uh, half-year anniversary. Oh, that's today, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I said that at the beginning of the beginning of the episode. I wasn't listening. Uh, I know you weren't. But yeah, they're they're really nice, and I, I can't wait to absolutely annihilate you guys with them. Rolling a bunch of 20s, are you? I'm going to, yeah. So honestly, I can't I can't wait any longer. I just I kind of want to get into this. So um, let's dive in. Get Daniel wet. It's been six months, guys. Come on. Yeah, I thought we stopped with that. Which episode are you referring to? Uh, uh, uh. Got him. <laughs> well, anyway. Guys, guys, guys. <laughs> let's let's try and get me dry. I don't, I don't like, like it. it. No, I'm just gonna no. I'm just gonna jump right into the episode. But before I do that, I'm going to give us a (laughs) quick recap. So last episode, Vez and Jasper went to talk to Bernadette, who they found out was actually a changeling whose real name is Morag. And while this was happening, Gunner, Fio, and Aegon sought shelter from the rain in a nearby stable where they had an unpleasant reunion with an increasingly paranoid Farmer Trevor. Then after they met up again, the party located the home of one Ashlyn, the serving girl, the first person to disappear in this whole string of events. And Aegon was able to convince her family to allow him to provide medical aid to their sickened daughter. So we will rejoin Aegon in this scene alone, separated from the rest of his party. By myself. By yourself in a stranger's home. With rain pouring outside, dripping down the windows, leaking from the roof into an empty pan, 
or an empty pan half full of water at this point. And Aegon is kneeling by the bed of a young blonde woman, probably in her uh, early 20s. She has a, a wet rag across her forehead to help with her fever. And it uh, looks like her younger sister is uh, trying to also feed her some some meals, which she like slowly slurps from a spoon. The girl's mother is staring at Aegon from the corner with terrified eyes while her big burly father is standing right behind him watching Aegon's every move. So she's she's conscious then since she's drinking yes. or eating the soup or whatever. And she appears to be feverish. Okay, okay. Can I do a like a medicine check to see if basically to make sure that it's actually not a disease or something? Yeah, sure. Give me a medicine check using your wisdom. All right, that's a 14. Okay. Yeah, you can't tell what's causing it, but you're you, it it doesn't seem like it's caused by any pathogens that you know. Like you don't see any other side effects. Okay. So either it's an unknown disease or it's something else entirely. Right. Also, while you're looking her over, you do see she has very nasty scars like down her arms and Mm. like on her hands. And they don't look like they healed very well. I see. Uh, So I think Aegon's going to turn back to like her her parents and say, uh, can I ask you when... uh... When did she start coming down with these symptoms? And uh, the, her father uh, furrows his brow and says, Well, it was, um, I think this is the voice I had for him. Well, it was uh, a few months ago, about two months ago. She got she got lost and just when she got back, she was just sick. And now it's been two months and she just hasn't gotten better. And does she know where she, where, where did she get lost? Uh, she, she doesn't seem to remember. I see. Uh, how about the the last place she was before she was lost? Do you know that? She she was working her her shift at the Marble Throne, and her mother butts in and says, "Yeah, that 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 hive of scum and villainy." Alexandra, calm down. The father turns back to you. Yeah, she she was working her shift at the tavern. I see. And did she have these scars on her arms as soon as she returned? Um, no, she actually. Uh, she was bleeding when we found her. Hmm. And where where did you find her? Um, we found her in the streets. Like, you know, at, at, at the edge of town. You know, we assumed that she'd maybe been jumped and robbed, but we saw cuts and wondered if, you know, maybe it was some sadist. But besides that, she was fine. And then she broke out in a fever a few days later, and it's just been constant since the the priests and the healers have no idea what's going on and they haven't been able to help her at all we're hoping to get like a an expert a like a like a skilled doctor from the capital but no one seems to want to come to a you know small family's home and cure their daughter interesting i think he'll he'll turn to the girl now and, and try to ask her some questions okay yeah she's a gently drinking down some soup that her younger sister is feeding her and uh, she looks at you and with her fever it looks like she's probably in a bit of a, a mental fog but she can still 
focus enough to know you're there and respond. Mm. Tell me, miss, is, is there anything more that you can remember about the day you went missing or even the day you returned? What? I, I don't remember anything. I just, I, I, I went for a walk and, and then I w- woke up in bed here. Hmm. I, I don't know what happened. I see. So I, I do have one more question. So if I like feel her arms or something where like the, the wounds are, does it feel like a normal human's arms or do, can I feel the, uh, the wire and everything that we know is inside? Are you going to start like feeling around her scars? Uh, yeah. So uh, when you do that, her father uh, grabs your wrist very tightly and says, what are you doing? I, I just wanted to check how, how these wounds are healing. Oh, sorry. Sorry. And he, he lets go. Just a little, a little weirded out by everything. That's, that, that's it. I understand, sir. So you're, you, you are, you are a priest. I, I trust you. He doesn't look like he trusts you. <laughs> he keeps uh, eyeing your, your twisting horns. Hmm. I'll ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, I... Can it, can I feel any? Does it feel like a normal arm or? Um, for the most part, it does. Like you can kind of feel the ropiness of the, the scars, but uh, as you kind of like press around, she kind of winces right when you reach like a harder spot, mm. and it feels like it's a little deeper down, really close to the bone. But you can kind of like feel it. It's almost like a a muscle cord, but it's much much harder. Okay. Okay. I think with that, Aegon's going to stand up and say, Well, I must say that, like like you have told me, I, I don't really know exactly what's going on with her. Uh, however, I would like to go consult uh, some texts or, or texts or, or talk with other priests or medicine men about this. Could, could I come back at another time? Um, y- yes, of course. Is there... Is there nothing you can do for her, her fever? Or give her some elixir to help heal her wounds? Oh, unfortunately, sir, I'm not exactly prepared for that right now, but I can assure you that I want to help her as much as possible, so I'll be back at some point in the future. Uh, okay. Um, well, thanks for... Well, thanks for offering to help. I appreciate that. Of course. It's, it's my duty, as you know. And uh, you hear the the mother in the corner mutters, "Yeah, thanks for nothing." <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And uh, so he uh, he shows you to the door, and uh, we cut to the rest of the party hiding under a a small like patio roof, trying to stay out of the rain. All I'm saying, Theo, is that it would be wonderful if you could have the flavor of corn and potato together do, do you know do you know what i mean like imagine a corn but each kernel is a potato that i gunner no that's weird that's coming from me gunner that's weird well i just don't think you're sinking outside the box gunner i think you threw away the box i i think it's gone and no, the, you need a box you can't just have a box otherwise where are you gonna put the stuff no i've i've, I've picked up the box i've dusted it off and and, and you know what I, I see, I see. Oh, what's that in there? Jingle, jingle. That's a Theo in there, thinking inside of that box. 
Gunnar, I do have a question though. If you have the corn, but all the kernels are potatoes, wouldn't it just be a potato? There would be no real corn. Yes, but what, what if the what if the potatoes kind of tasted like corn? Do do you know what I mean? Like if it came from a corn stalk, but it not taste a little bit, just just a little bit like why, corn. Why why wouldn't you just eat both of those? Then you can enjoy both of them in their full flavor and not have to compromise somewhere in between. Hmm. I see. I sprinkle well, corn on my potatoes. That's what I do. Jasper uh, hears a uh, 2-0 uh, let out a small bark and he looks uh, in the direction uh, 2-0 is looking and he sees a stray dog staring directly at you guys from across the street. Won't flip her off, but thought about it. Well, I do flip off the dog. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We know who it is. We know who it is. <laughs> the dog lets out a whine and walks away. <laughs> So mean. Woman uses animal to uh, use um, clairvoyance and uh, end <laughs> result, party is dick to animals. <laughs> we must look like terrible people to anybody outside of this party. Exactly. Yeah, and then the, the front door opens and Aegon steps out into the rain right uh, right near you guys. Oh, how, how'd it go? How'd it go in there? Oh, it was, it, it was fine. Uh, I think I'll need to think about what's plaguing her more. Oh, I see what you did there. What, what did you do, Zephyr? Well, he, he said plague, like like a sickness, because she's sick, and it's plaguing. It's not... A, That's a little was, insensitive feel. Oh, I uh, I thought you were making... Uh, okay. Wow. Okay. You know what? Maybe stay inside that box. I was, I was <laughs> just trying to... Here. Every Fio, time. remember, remember that... It was Aegon and not Gunner. Aegon normally doesn't have, like, things that he's trying to joke about underneath what he's actually saying. That's that's mostly Gunner. Oh, I, I've just been I with know. him for it's so okay. long. I, I, I can't tell anymore. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, J- hey, Jasper? Yes? I, I, I want, <laughs> and Gunner pantomimes ho- holding a box and, like, reaching out and handing it to you. I, I want you to take this box, and I want you to incinerate it with a flamethrower. Because clear, or no, wait, Fio's in there. Use some, use a crushy, smashy thing, and make sure this box is destroyed. Because apparently, Fio doesn't know how to behave himself. But I'm much stronger than Jasper. No offense, Jasper. I don't think he could crush me in a box. If you just want it crushed, hand it to Fio. Yeah, just give me the box, Gunner. Will you be weird? No, I'm not handing you this box. <laughs> and Gunner's just <laughs> pantomiming, like holding this box away from Fio. <laughs> <laughs> it's this okay to box. think in the box. Sometimes you just need to think in the box. Give it to me. I'm not giving you this box for you. I'm gonna pin. I'm gonna pin you. I'm gonna pin you down. <laughs> Gunner starts to like take a couple spe- steps back. You're not getting this box. Come here, you. <laughs> <laughs> Start running around and chasing you. Yeah, you, got, you guys are getting soaked, splashing up. Splashing up puddles of water from the street. Give me the box. No, feel get away from me. I, you know what? Fine, take it. I don't want your stupid box. I don't toss it. Up. He dives for it. <laughs> Gets muddy. Oh, got so, it. So what do you? What's your guys' plan next? What? What's your next plan of action? Crush the box. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, as, as fun as it would be to do an enti- entire podcast about imaginary characters pantomiming boxes that are imaginary in an imaginary world, I think we should figure something out. Fine, I guess we'll play D and D. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good good backup option. Aragon, mm-hmm. uh, were you able to do anything? Uh, unfortunately, no, Theo. I I had thought about attempting to cast some magic on her to heal her, but I wouldn't want that to turn out like it did with Farmer Rolf and the other serving girl. Yeah. I hope that we could find out who's doing this first and get the information on how to help these people from them. (sighs) Okay. Is there anyone else that we know of on the list that maybe could use our help? I will say, uh, I don't know how much help the people on the list are going to be. They, they all seem to have lost their memory. Hmm. And several of them are, unfortunately, already passed. We have, I think, maybe we have the cobbler that Jasper's talked about, Ashlyn that we just saw, and I guess there's Patricia, but that might be it now. <laughs> Well, I, I think we could talk to Patricia just to kind of round out our list. Because I think everyone else, we at least have some information or they are accounted for in some way. Hmm. How much time do we have before the meeting? Your meeting with Mr. Smills is specifically at 545 because that's what you guys negotiated. Of course, of course. I think you, you guys have time to do one more thing before you have to attend that scheduled meeting. Gotcha, gotcha, uh, but gotcha. do remember, Patricia works in the palace because she works with Fergus, who lives in the palace with Lady Hecate. Oh, that's right. But we do have... So, Lady Hecate's father, is he in the palace too? No, remember, he works at ES Blade Works, which is owned by Smills, but Smills doesn't live above it. Uh, Lady Hecate's father does. So where is ES Blade Works then? Um, it's it's in the it's near the Market Square. Oh okay yeah we're close by ish. Maybe we go visit him. Invest yeah, us that dear, yeah. <laughs> yeah we we could do that. We we could go see this man. Hopefully he is not as um. Well hopefully he does not try to put us through a test like uh, Lady Hecate did. Yeah that was a heck of a test huh. Ah, I see what uh, you did there. Yeah, you uh-huh. see it. You get it. Ah, uh, bad. Okay, let's let's head out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two o lets out a groan and follows you. <laughs> Even the dog is sick of your puns. He just didn't get it. I'll have to explain it later, too. Mm. Yeah, you guys do notice that Master the Cat has been away for quite a while now. Oh. Don't all. Well, we, we would we gently it set it the... down somewhere else. Yeah, didn't we lock it in the the inn? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> didn't lock it in the end because I let it back out. Oh, you did? No, I don't remember. Well, that's yeah, bo- bottom line, Master the Cat is no longer following you guys around. I am a little saddened at that. That was poor innocent cat, and you guys are just dicks to it. <laughs> yeah, for no, no, no probable cause. Goodness. Just remember, clairvoyance apparently leads to animal abuse. That's right. <laughs> That's guess. right, ladies and gentlemen. Do not use clairvoyance. We didn't, Jasper aside, everything we did, we just removed the cat from the situation. We didn't hurt the cat. Oh, you like, never we heard it. Gently set the cat 
away but from you us. Def- you definitely heard it emotionally. Well, sorry. The, the, the scene cuts to a dark alleyway. Water is pouring down. It's collecting on the uh, in the in the gutters and like overflowing and splashing to the ground. And you see a dark little shape mewling pathetically in oh. the rain. Poor thing. Then we cut back to you guys. So, Jasper, did, did I show you this cool flute I got? It makes leaves and stuff. Watch this. I'm going to play his instrument of illusions. It makes a 15-foot illusory effect around him. In this case, it's falling leaves. Isn't that, isn't that neat? You hear a, a few screams and you see some some peasants who are walking by you stumbling back in terror because you had just created magical leaves. Wow. That's, uh, they are really afraid of magic. Remember, most people are. I've, I've tried to drive that in. People don't like magic. Yeah, but they don't even know. I mean, it's leaves. Still. Wow. <laughs> magical leaves. Okay. Theo is just awestruck. He's just wide-eyed like, that is so cool. Could you, could you do, like, acorns or, like, like pine needles? Uh, yeah, acorns I can do. Watch this. And he plays a different tune, and it makes acorns. That's so cool. Okay, well, I'm going to put it away, because clearly the townspeople are not amused. <laughs> Josh, by now, did we make it to ES Bladeworks? Yes, you guys are standing outside of ES Bladeworks. It's uh, relatively nondescript among the other buildings uh, with their, their uh, dark wood frames and the, the white plaster walls. But there is a sign hanging out in front of it. It's very stylized. It says ES Blade Works, and it has like a what appears to be a, a scalpel, like design carved under the title. And the lights are on inside. Gunner, do the thing. And Fia pushes him towards the door. Oh, okay. I, c- I can go in. Uh, Gunner just enters the place. All right. So you walk in, and it's a it's a relatively simple looking shop. You walk into the main area. It's about a 10 foot by 10 foot room with a sturdy wooden floor and the door and the window looking out towards the market. And then there are several glass cases set up along the two side walls uh, to your left and your right that boast a collection of what appear to be precision metal blades for for, uh, surgical use. Um, Some of them look very gnarly, but... That's probably just because Gunner isn't a surgeon, so he doesn't know what most of them are used for. Um, At the far end, you can see there is a door that opens up into what appears to be a small workshop, and there is a counter next to the door, and there is nobody behind the counter right now. But you do hear sounds emanating from the workshop in the back. Okay, and I assume, I mean, did everyone else come in with me? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys squeeze into the shop. (laughs) Hello? Anyone home? I'll I'll be with you in just a second. And a a voice comes from the back room, and you hear some clanging and some clattering, uh, a few curse words, a big clatter, and then uh, a figure comes uh, bustling out of the room. Looks like a kind of an elderly uh, human man with um, some flecks of gray in his dark brown hair, Um, and he's clean-shaven, with very muscular chin and uh, defined cheekbones. And his stature is kind of interesting. He's somewhere between human and dwarf height. And his 
brow and nose are just a little more pronounced than a human, but less pronounced than a dwarf. He appears to be a half-dwarf, and he stumbles uh, out of the back room and looks at you and says, Well, it's been quite a while since I've had this many customers. What can I do for you? Adras Andriu at your service. Oh, well, uh, n- nice to meet you. Uh, my name is my name is uh, Gunnar, and uh, these are my companions, and, and we wanted to, uh, we, we, we just wanted to ask you about, um, well, I have heard a lot of things about your surgical equipment. Well, of course you have. We're the best. Yes, I've done, um, I, you know, I, I've been around, and, uh, you know, I, I, I was just wondering, like, what, you know, I have heard that other competition has been trying to enter the town. Excuse me? I think I, I, think I would know if that was the case. Well, I mean, if it just started, l- listen, listen. I know your daughter. I listen. Oh my I'm, god! I'm, I'm a friend. <laughs> I'm turning into a mobsy. <laughs> oh, this is a mess. <laughs> we'll make sure they stay out of your competition. You pay us money. If you don't, we'll break your freaking legs. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, 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 it's nothing like that. That's why my posse is here. It's nothing. It's nothing like that. It's not, it's, listen, listen, listen. I'm I'm not trying to do anything bad here. In fact, I'm quite I'm doing just the opposite. He, he's starting to eye the uh, glass case of sharp metal instruments next to him. Z. Gonna just tell the man. Just just talk straight. You you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> uh, that, that is that that is very true. It's been a while since I've done this. I I, I uh, this used to be my whole shtick. I was um, just about to have Daniel make a check, but I loved. I love Vez calling him out. <laughs> Listen, I guess I, I just want to know who who exactly are you um, pr- providing these tools to? I mean, I'm sure uh, some very important people. Yes, my the, these tools get shipped out all across the kingdom. I have a lot of customers. I'm afraid I can't share exact customers with you because that is that is uh, that goes against code. And uh, yeah, can't. What, 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 do you, what do you want exactly? And he he looks up at you very suspiciously and very directly. Is this some sort of like mob thing? <laughs> G- Gunner's intimidated by I'll his. I'll break your kneecaps before you even touch mine. Okay, so Gunner gets intimidated. Every one of you before you ever left this room. So you and your daughter are very similar. Anyways, here's the deal. And your daughter sent us to you. Why do you keep bringing up my daughter? I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> she can we're take care break. of herself. Don't you dare threaten her. No, we're not. She actually threatened to kill us, just like you just did. That's why I said you're very similar. Well, I'm proud of her. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, we saw her by appointment like everyone else does. And as you've probably heard the rumors, some people are coming up missing and then they reappear and it's been real weird. I don't concern myself with stuff like that. Well, the problem is that your instruments have now been associated with several of those disappearances, which is why we're here. And we want to clear your these name. Are sur- these are surgical tools, not a, not hostage-taking tools. Jasper, show him the sing. <laughs> I just pull out the tools and begrudgingly start opening up the set to show him. Yep, those, those are my tools, yes. And we have found these in areas where people have been, well, snatched to. 
and things have been done to them that are very bad and irreparable. Like, like surgical stuff? Like, how, how do you know some bad man didn't just steal these from someone who bought them from me? The amount of tools that we have found, meaning crates of them, literal crates of them, have been found in several areas where we have found these victims. And we're trying to clear your name because your daughter has asked us to do that. Crates? Yes. And now now he, he looks over at you. A lot of crates. Several. Give me a second. And uh, he goes behind the counter and he pulls out a big ledger, massive book, and opens it up and goes through it, reads it for a few, and then looks up and says, well, yeah, I have... Uh, how many crates would you say it was? And you see he has his finger pointing at a number that you can't see. She looks back at him and she just tells him how many they've found now. And he's like, well, I did have a shipment of exactly that many that was uh, set to arrive in Alcina. Uh, those shipped out about uh, three weeks ago. It was the biggest order I've had so far. But Code says you can't tell us who you were selling that to? Well, no, it's confidential. How would one go about legally getting that information? Because your life may depend on that very quickly, sir. Not by us. No, she didn't mean by not us. Not by us. <laughs> Guys, but, you are, this is okay, not a mob Theo, thing. Quit making it a mob thing. Theo, hush. Not by us. Like I already told you, we are the ones trying to clear your name. Your daughter is aware of this situation, and she sent us here to try to keep you safe from these people. Well, and he says, well, the thing is, remember, Al- Alcina is two kingdoms away. If you found them here, then somebody stole them en route. Or did they use them as a cover to get them in the first place? I guess that is a possibility, too. When did you send them out? About three weeks ago. So they should have arrived by now? Uh, yes. Have you heard anything from your customers? Well, if they arrived by now, I wouldn't be hearing anything for a week or two. I suppose, yes. Or longer. We don't have the best mail system. Who did you send them out with? Um, a trade trading caravan. Just merchants. I have specific merchants that I trust very, very much with my material. Hmm. And uh, did you trust that uh, transaction through uh, Edward Smills? And he kind of narrows his eyes at you. Um, why don't you give me a... What kind of check do you want to make to try to get an answer out of him? Uh, well, I think... Want to persuade, I mean, want to intimidate him. Oh, uh, what's, Gunner, what's Gunner trying to go for? Gunner, Gunner is not trying to intimidate. He's just, he would he would per, try to persuade. Gunner would lie first, and clearly lying didn't work, so he has to persuade now. So Yeah, give me a, you can give me a persuasion check. Try to kind of like use your body language to speak a little stronger. Yeah, um, well, that was a natural 20, so that's a 24. <laughs> okay. And uh, he looks at you and he says, okay, that's how you, that's how you want to do it. Yeah, the Edward Smills owns ES Blade Works, and uh, this was a, a new customer of his. Hmm, new customer, you say? Yeah, like within within the last year, and they have this is the first time they've ordered this much. Interesting, and did uh, and I take it you never met with this customer. Edward handled all of the meetings and all of the transactions. I mean, yes, I I just I just craft the supplies and keep track of the logbooks and send them out. But most of the actual like business 
handled by Edward. Well, he's been showing up a lot when we've been looking around, so I don't think it's coincidence that uh, he has a new customer with uh, this many crates that just happen to show up in the area where all of these things are being used for bad purposes. Well, okay, I mean, don't make any rash decisions, though, and he he kind of looks a little concerned. He says, what you say is true, and you're helping my daughter try to keep me out of trouble. I appreciate that, but don't go around throwing out accusations like that unless you have proof. There are, some, there are people like Smills, that you don't want to cross in this town. If you make baseless accusations, they're going to fall on deaf ears. Hmm. Well, I think uh, after the information you gave us, I don't think they're so baseless anymore. And Gunner kind of grins. And, uh, okay, if you, if you say so. Well, anyway, and he, he closes his uh, ledger. Is there anything I can help help you with? Do you want to buy anything? Got these bone saws over here. No? Okay. Okay, <laughs> Okay, it's cramped. I'm getting out. Before they leave, uh, Vez turns back to the guy, to the merchant, or the craftsman. Um, ad- address. Address. And, yeah. She's like, just a word of warning for your own personal protection, I guess. Don't mention that we were here to Smills, because if... Some thoughts are correct. That could be bad. We don't, like you said, don't have solid proof yet. But also try not to just, I don't know, be by yourself a lot because that seems to be dangerous for people now. Have a good day. And uh, no, give me a persuasion check. No, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> mm, okay, well, that's that's 15. Okay, he, he nods understandably and says... I appreciate your warning, young lady. I will I will take that to heart. So you stay safe out there. Thank you. You too. And, uh, wait a second. And he, he goes into the back room and he comes back with a large uh, green umbrella. And he gives it to Vez and he says, A lady Aww. shouldn't be walking around in the rain like that. Here, <laughs> take this. Aww. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> it's a weapon. It's a weapon. That'd be cool. No, it's just, it's just a green, uh, big green umbrella. Well, that's not fun. <laughs> okay, fine. He takes it back. No, they're not here. <laughs> she is happy. Thank you, sir. I appreciate this. And she nods and goes to leave. All right. So you guys see Vez come out with a, a nice umbrella to keep her dry. Tuo immediately goes and gets under it with her. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> Everyone's yeah. just humbled under this one umbrella. <laughs> She's like, that's not what I meant. Yeah, Fio, you have to hold this. Like, Theo can get his head under it. Yeah, I was going to say, or he, like, continually gets accidentally smacked because of how much taller he is than her. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm just going to stand over here. I'm just going to stand. You take. I'm just going to stand over here. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I prefer just to stand outside in the rain. You know what? I agree with Jasper. I'm going to get. Well, I shouldn't say it, but you know what I wanted to say. A horse and a cart come by and they hit a puddle and it splashes all over Gunner. <laughs> uh, get me wet. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> Alright, this mills. Here we go. Time to confront. Oh, okay. uh, Theo pipes up. Oh, are we are we gonna be like good constable, bad constable? Or is it gonna be like five 
good constables and one bad constable, or is it gonna be like three bad constables and like a a dog that sniffs around looking for things? I think we need to be kind of neutral and plain towards him and not give him anything, but also be on the lookout for anything suspicious for you. We don't have the information we need to confront him about anything. We have suspicion, circumstantial evidence at best, but nothing that nails him because you could also play the part that, yes, he had this new customer, that but that new customer could have just totally played him and he doesn't actually know about what their intentions were. We have no true way to prove that he is the one who directly sold to bad people knowing they were bad people. Keep that in mind. Thing outside the box sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, let's go do this thing. <laughs> Alright. So uh, you guys trudge through the streets and you get to Mr. Smill's Esquire's home and law office. Uh, as I said before, it looks like he has his like office and greeting area on the ground floor and then on the elevated upper floor is where he lives. Uh, so you uh, walk up to the front door and uh, you swing it open and you hear a little jingle on a bell and uh, you walk into a small room with plaster walls and a vaulted ceiling. It's very, very nice looking um, in kind of this like this foyer. Um, and there are two paintings of Mr. Smills uh, grinning at you on the far wall. And there are several glass cases on the right side that are displaying ornate weapons crafted from silver and gold. They look like they're there to impress people. And then there is a single dark oak wood that opens up into the waiting room. Let's go wait. <laughs> Everybody goes in, the dog shakes off in the middle of all the nice things. And, uh... <laughs> so, and then you guys walk through into the waiting room, which fairly large. There are several couches on the left side of the room um, with a small decorative table for like little snacks and stuff. And the walls are just filled with certificates of education from the Voltron Academy. And there are many, many awards, some of which may be fake. You don't know. Um, hanging from the walls. And uh, there's another door leading from the waiting room to the office. And you hear a voice from the office say, uh, yes, uh, I'll be with you in just a second. I'm finishing up some paperwork. Can we look around? Kind of, I don't know, perception checks for anything that seems rather suspicious or out of place? Yeah, I, I want to go ahead and put this out into the into the open. Uh, Gunner is already trying to hatch a plan to break into this place later. <laughs> oh my god. So... Gunner is looking for keys that might that could easily go misplaced. He's looking for like where security things might be. So he's keeping an eye out for that kind of stuff. Um yeah, why don't you give me uh, an investigation check? Okay. That's a 17. Okay, yeah, you uh, look through the the room and uh Really, the only thing you can see are there are two large paned windows uh, on the wall behind the two couches I described earlier. And based on what Vez looked in from before, there's another window that looks right into the office. And then there's uh, some windows on the upper floor as well. 
And he lives in the upper floor, and that's what we think, at least. Yes. Well, yeah, and mo- most people do, of like whatever business they work work with. Okay. So yeah, Gunner Gunner feels like he's got a pretty good idea of uh, like if he wanted to try to break in, he doesn't think there are any like security systems in place. Hmm. Or maybe maybe instead of security systems, I should say there are no traps that have been set because I'm pretty sure they don't have security systems in uh, in this day and era. Yeah, he is like whatever. What what what, what is that? What what what's a security ring doorbell something yeah. like that? Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm so lost. Never mind. Forget it. It was it wasn't even it was not even funny enough to mention. Too far outside the box. Yeah, too far. Way too far outside. Yeah, Daniel, box. get back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> what's in the box? <laughs> Can Vez just do like a general perception check to see if anything? catches her eyes being what she might i guess consider off or misplaced um yeah give me for like a a law office i guess yeah give me give me that perception check uh 13 (laughs) okay you can't you can't really make anything anything looks like a law office (laughs) if you would like to look for fire hazards (laughs) (laughs) just make sure this place is up to code and to know where the nearest exit and fastest exit would be. I forgot be. that you guys wanted to play OSHA Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So make sure that there's a, at least some sort of a bucket or pail nearby to grab for water and that the window isn't latched during the day well, so okay. you can well, easily get out. You do notice that it is pouring rain outside. <laughs> good, good. That'll help with the fire. I mean, if there was a fire. If <laughs> there was a threat. Oh, no. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> Just always on the lookout. He was a firefighter. Is a firefighter. Is a firefighter. He was Fights taking a fires. sabbatical. And can cast burning hands on his friends. He's not a great Sometimes you have to fight fire with fire. <laughs> I will, Fio's logic. I don't know why these all, all these buildings keep burning. Fio, there's a fire. Oh, burning hands. Ah, I will kill the fire. Give him some credit. He's not that <laughs> ridiculous. I know. And you. But yeah, Josh looks up to code, yeah? Yeah. Or at least nothing nothing stands out as outside of code. Good, good. I have to write him a citation, otherwise give it from my uh, my, my fire chief. <laughs> oh my god, DJ. <laughs> I love this. You can get Fio uh, a clipboard. Yeah, just, give, just hand the clipboard over to him. I'll do it. No, I want this meeting. All right, so... You guys, you guys wait for just a little bit, and then uh, Mr. Smills uh, steps to like the door of his office and looks out, and he says, "Oh, adventurers! It is, huh? I guess I didn't realize that it was already 5:45. Anyway, yes, uh, come, come in, come in, make yourselves comfortable." Do we see Laszlo, or did is he long gone by now? Um, no, Laszlo is not here. Are there blood stains on the carpet? Did Laszlo die? I want to know. Give me a perception check, AJ. Yeah. It's a natural one. Yeah, you you don't you don't see the blood stains. <laughs> <laughs> They're there, but I don't see. You them. sit down in a blood-soaked chair, and it makes a squishing sound. Yeah, it seems like it'd be fire-resistant. <laughs> God, <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he steps out into the waiting room, and uh, says, "Yes, I uh, I've been waiting for you. Actually, uh, well, do one of you want to come into my office and?" Uh, Sit down. We can we can discuss my my uh, my job I have for you.
hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it and our other episodes with your friends, family, and co-workers. Your boss, if you're daring. Visit our website to find your copy of a D&D Quick Starter Guide, and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description. There, we discuss episodes, Dungeons & Dragons, and STEM topics that we all love. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to see you here at Applied Dungeoneering. Some of the background music in this episode is from Monument Studios. Check out their other music at monumentstudios.net. The song Waterkeep is from Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0. creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash nd slash 4.0.